0: Welcome to Phil's Breakfast Metal episode thirty-three. Um bit of a change to usual. Uh, Rob's not with us this this month, so um we've got Hannah in who, if you've been listening for a while, Hannah's been with us for both the damnation specials we've done, but we have never actually given you a chance to talk about like some albums you're actually into. So for this episode we don't really have a theme. Hannah's just brought four albums she's like into at the moment and we're just gonna cover them so these go pretty. It's a pretty wide scope yeah, of genres. it's a,
1: it's a diverse, just diverse range of, uh, of <laughs> we, things to listen to. Well, we've
0: got like a kind of progressive hardcore, uh, all the way through to tech death. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all quite screamy. So
1: <laughs> yeah, that is a consistent theme, I suppose.
0: <laughs> so the first one we're covering is Bosque's first and only so far full length audio noir. This is a band I always thought was way bigger than they are because totally of how same. much you like yeah. them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I do give that impression. Yeah, and I have a bit of a, like a Bosque, I'll say an issue or a problem, as in that I just like them too much.
0: Do you want to give us a bit of a summary of like what Bosque are and like their sound? Yeah,
1: so um, yeah. So Metal Archives describes them as atmospheric sludge, which I would slightly disagree. With. They're more like atmospheric slash sludge slash post-metal but like probably quite heavy on the weird progressive post-metal aspects very like isis i would say is the kind of more like mainstream kind of comparison
0: yeah yeah i I got like a bit of an isis or like in some places a little neurosisy vibe then even like they go so far into the post-rock post-metal stuff even a bit alcesty in places yeah
1: definitely i mean they've got a huge range which is part of why i like so much um but yeah so background on the band uh they originally um were active between 2005 2008 released two flawless amazing beautiful eps called one and two because you know <laughs> male hipsters so that was great and then uh so i i um I think probably my brother had introduced me to Bosque back in the day, and I'd really love these EPs. But then I was like, "Oh, they're only around a few years. It's been years since they've done the thing." And then 2012, they got back together, very <laughs> exciting. And then it took them another four years to actually <laughs> do an album. But then they did, and it's the best thing that's ever happened. It's great. I love Audio Noir, and I was I was um, certainly not like I was, you know, not blinded by love for Bosque I was I was very concerned obviously when they released the album because I was like oh no like the, the first two EPs were so beautiful how could this live up to it but it like totally does while kind of being its same thing it's very much like a proper album not just a kind of long EP I think
0: yeah yeah no the, the album has a spectacular flow to it it's mm. it's officially seven tracks but it is one of those ones where if you're just listening to a headphones and you're not looking at like your device playing it I could not tell you where the song stopped totally and another really, one yeah. begins, and it, or, or, like a lot of the times, like the weird changes are just mid-track, and it does this amazing thing of it. It is two very distinct sounds of like this kind of like what I was referring to as hardcore, but maybe it's more like kind of sludge metal.
1: Yeah,
0: and that will slowly move into really post-rocky, super mellow, often just like clean guitar with no drums sections. Yeah, it's not
1: like soundscapey stuff. Like, mm. um, yeah, and there's there's like. Um, one of the later tracks, Nadir has, um, this beautiful kind of, it's like super quiet and then some strings come in and it's, is it just like, just like gentle, like cymbals. It's not even like full drumming. And then it's like a piano section and you're just like, I'm like, I've been whisked away to somewhere beautiful and haunting. Yeah. And then they're like back in the metal and you're like, oh, it's great.
0: Like, throughout the album, I noticed, like, it's a really weird minor detail, but I noticed the drummer switches out drumsticks for the little brush drumsticks. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't feel I've ever noticed on a metal album before, someone mm. using the brushes. But it it shows the level of, like, oh, we're just doing, like, a weird atmosphere passage here. Yeah,
1: it's very much like, this is, it's not at all constrained by what genres. Well, it's probably why people call it all kinds of different genres, because <laughs> it's nothing in particular. But I think that's yeah. why people, I think you could... You could easily overlook Bosk, I think, as maybe you're like, oh, they're p- kind of atmospheric post metal. Well, I know what that sounds like, but but no, you don't know what Bosk like. It's it's not that I, I really love all that other stuff, but Bosk has a really quite distinct sound. I think you can get lost in the post metal type world.
0: Yeah, they they. I think the fact they bring it back to like really crushing, sludgy kind of yeah, they heavy. Like and those like those kind of like far away distorted screams you yeah. get on this kind of music. Like the vocals are very much like exactly what you expect from this genre, mm. but they're done really well.
1: I really like how they're really like sparsely used. Kind of, mm. they use much more as like an accompaniment, like a nice uh, an addition as part of the music rather than, well, we've got a singer, so I guess he'll scream over all of our songs, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. I definitely feel like some bands should not do. Um, but with Boss, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you kind of really feel how heavy it's getting when when the vocals come in. Yeah, it's really and it's
0: it's an amazing level of restraint from the from the vocalist Sam Marsh because he's he's there are five piece two guitars drums mm. bass and a vocalist but the vocalist on the seven tracks I think he's only on four of them yeah. and even those he's only like sparsely between them he's brilliant for what he's doing there absolutely and you've seen him live and yeah. like he performs live does he like
1: he he just he wanders off stage yeah when um... they did um. Yeah, the last Damnation they were on, they did, uh, like, one and two, kind of a, like, a special, hey, we're doing the old stuff gig. And yeah, he just, like, wandered on and off, because he doesn't play, doesn't play other instruments. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe uh, he can, but in that gig he didn't. So, yeah, it was just totally kind of chill, organic vibe, which, yeah, the whole gigs usually are, actually, because it feels like quite a busy stage, because there's quite a lot of them, um, and a big, like, keyboard setup as well for all the effects, um, and also the incense, the smoke machines... <laughs> I mean, you know, they're not, they're not not leaning into being kind of sludgy (laughs) post-metal.
0: Oh yeah, it was one of those, like, I don't, I didn't need to be told, that like, oh yeah, that, that stage had to be flooded out with smoke. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. And then there was no (laughs)
1: stage banter whatsoever, they were just there, might as well have been facing away from you.
0: (laughs) Because like, the comparison band I have for this, I think, you know, similar style kind of live show and similar kind of. Like moves between heavy and light would mm. be something like Armin Ra, who oh, do yeah, that totally. kind of. It's sort of hardcore, but not anymore, and yeah, it's very, very serious, but also super interesting and weird.
1: Yes, I definitely yeah, Armin Ra and and Ren and that those kind of guys, um, who are doing their like interesting thing um, yeah. within the <laughs> constraints yeah. of post metal, I guess. Although I feel like can much like the, like, happier version of Arm Ra because I'm going to regret that, oh like, Oh my God. That I music believe- is, like, oppressive.
0: I think, as well, this is where the Alsace comparison mm. comes, because Bosco is one of those really rare bands who can do happy. Yeah, and definitely. And it's not just, like, syrupy or annoying. Yeah. It, it, like, still has, like, it still hits you emotionally, but it's like, totally. this is a happy riff. Like, uh, Kobe, or Kobe, the middle track of the album. Mm. Like, has this immensely kind of almost joyous guitar passage.
1: It's just beautiful and so different. And it just, yeah. Like, as a kind of halfway point of the album, I think, is really, really great. Especially then, followed by Atom Smasher, which is just (laughs) an absolute banger. And
0: again, like, just sounds exactly like the name. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: But you know, Kobe is really great. That was, I think, the first single that got released, so everyone was like, oh thank goodness, it's great. (laughs) At (laughs) least I was, but I was like everyone, like, the other people who had heard of (laughs) Basque.
0: They definitely gathered a following off the EPs, but Yeah. yeah, like... Wait, I didn't realize the kind of how sort of little they've released, but it's one yeah. of the things the quality is so high. Absolutely, I'm like, no, you take ten years and just do yeah. forty <laughs> minutes each time and do it well. You're nailing it,
1: <laughs> and it's been like the same lineup as far as I can tell, like the whole time. Like, so on the list of um, of band members, they've all got you know they were there the first time and they they've been there since 2012. So it's clearly a complete passion, you know, project for all of them and so also
0: Interestingly, I think they've got like that kind of secret sixth mem- member thing going on because um, a guy called Martin Ruffins involved with this, and he plays some kind of like, like he plays between the the songs actually synthesizer, mm. accordion, organ, and piano, there and he go. also produced, recorded, and mixed the album. Uh, okay. So like, because this album is brilliantly put together, really. yeah. Like sound wise, it's almost like there's nothing to talk about sound wise. It's just it's just perfect. Yeah. It sounds exactly like you'd want this to sound. Absolutely. And yeah, uh, the playing accordion on track two leans into how strange and post-rock this goes. Like, yeah. Heliopause, the second <laughs> track, totally goes in this direction of like, I don't know what I'm listening to anymore. No, like, I
1: could not have told you that was accordion. I was just like, this is just cool and weird. I don't know what's happening, but it's great.
0: I was convinced if you like, synthesised accordions, like, they wouldn't... I know they've got a guest violin in, but they, mm. they wouldn't have got an accordion player as well. Nope. <laughs> because <laughs> they also they have guest violin and guest just string section on track six and this it's just more and more textures because there's pianos mm. and but beautifully textured just tiny tiny bits of sound yeah
1: that... and it all just um like with bosk what i really liked about the eps and what um, kind of carries across the album is like the sense of building of these development of layers um, mm. and it kind of there are down periods of kind of quiet, and then it all rebuilds up again, so it's like a real kind of um, yeah, like light and shadow kind of building over the whole album, which I think is really nice and keeps it really interesting. Like, it's, it's not, certainly not boring post metal, basically. what I'm trying to say, yeah,
0: because <laughs> post metal can totally have a tendency to go up his own arse and just do like, yeah, we've kind of got a good tone out of this, we're just gonna milk it for ages. The fact this album is 45 minutes and it's experimenting with this genre kind of shows yeah. they've got massive restraint. Yeah, you totally
1: then... <laughs> don't think it's 45 minutes long. <laughs> no, no, it,
0: it really, like, it's one of those things where you just, like, you're in the zone, like, oh, that was great, and yeah. it's done, they oh, they're incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I was immensely impressed by this. It's one of those things I came to a bit late, like, I think I've only really properly heard it this year, mm. but, yeah, it was definitely an absolute gem of 2016. Absolutely. And like they seem like a really good band to catch live, as long as the audience know them. Because I imagine they could be ruined by people chatting over it. Because yeah, it gets the quiet moments.
1: Yeah, I saw them um, in London. They were doing kind of a. It's weird. A, like it seems that all their like like bands that get associated with are all proper like stoner doom. It was like a stoner doom mm. night headlined by Bosk. So it was kind of, kind of an interesting vibe, but mostly there, the people were, I mean, obviously by that point, properly stoned, but also like knew the vibe. So, you know, we'd watch and other kind of bands and I think Ren maybe were there as well. And then um, Boss, headline. but yeah, there was a few chatting people during the quiet moments. So I'm like, could you just, you ruining the beautiful haunting melody, <laughs> having a lot of feelings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: There there was, uh, like, on a very similar vein when I saw Amun-Ra, there mm. was that same feeling of, like, absolute terror, of, like, I really hope people shut up during yeah. the quiet bits, and genuinely someone's like talking in one of them and got shushed at
1: a metal <laughs> gig. It's... Oh, that's my favourite.
0: That's amazing. Like,
1: respect it. <laughs>
0: you have to be here and into this or there's no place you. Oh. But, yeah, I've I got to catch Bosk live now because they seem, like, they seem like they, sh- and it's possibly just because of their really low output, but they mm. seem like they should be able to compete with those kind of ISIS-style bands. Like they're oh, yeah. really,
1: they're really tight live. Like, every, yeah. yeah, every time I've seen them, yeah, it's just perfect, basically.
0: And the music is easily as like competent and ambitious and crazy. Like yeah,
1: for sure. And yeah, it's just a great atmosphere. They. I mean, it's not like they're doing many stage antics, but that's kind of the point, I guess. Yeah, I feel this is not. they got the, the tone. You dance around yeah.
0: to you. You just you look serious. And... No, I think
1: also for like Atom Smasher, you do you can't not just like start headbanging a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, but, yeah. It was really good. I mean, it's been good crowds both uh, times I've seen them, so it's been good. Yeah, can recommend Bosk <laughs> if you uh, if you can, and they're an English band too. Oh yeah, was which nice. was mentioned. Yeah. yeah. From kent i believe oh wow <laughs> yeah, <We just> yeah. <laughs> wouldn't be my first guess <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: i just assume every, like despite being from bristol i just assume every uk band is from london yeah which otherwise. i really, which
1: we complain about americans consuming everyone's from london but but they are though mm. right shouldn't they be <laughs> yeah but they're good like
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's it like realistically you need to hear the album as a whole i to say it's only 45 minutes long it's quite a quick listen but we're going to play Kobe or Kobe, track four, um, it gives you a good sense of, like, some of the more post-rocky elements. Mm, and oh it variety. <laughs> and it was one of the weird tracks I had of, like, I really have this on an album, but this track definitely has, like, my favourite, like, second of music, almost, of, yeah. like, there's a really happy guitar riff, and suddenly this hugely heavy bass tone comes in underneath it with, like... Crashing uh, Symbols You're like This is so weird And brilliant Yes I feel (laughs) it sums up What this band do Perfectly The second band we're going to cover is Gorod, who are a French tech death band who have been around since, like, 1997, where they were called Gorgasm. Not <laughs> the more famous Gorgasm. These yeah. are a different one. Um, they've done, like, six albums now and two EPs. I think one of the albums was under the name Gorgasm. But, like, yeah. So they, they've got a pretty kind of well-respected, lengthy career. Um, we're going to jump into their fourth album, A Perfect Absolution. Uh, So Hannah, yeah, can you give a bit of a summary of Gorod's sound?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, yep, tech death, but definitely progressive tech death. Um, Yeah, so as with so many bands, when they, like, the early Gorod stuff is super brutal, much more of your kind of standard, but still really excellent um, technical death metal, with hints of the weirdness that was to come. And then the uh, the more albums they do, the weirder it gets in the best possible way. Um, but while still remaining like it's mellow, it's progressive, it's melodic, it's lovely, but still absolutely brutal, which is my favourite combination of things. <laughs> yeah,
0: they have this um, like this really great sound, and it, I think a lot of it comes out because for me, I'm really obsessed with the second album, Leading Visions, mm. and it was one of the things that like totally struck me about it was like. The bass on it's incredible. The way the bass player interacts with the guitars is really... Like, he doesn't follow the guitar lines anywhere near as much as you would expect. It's a lot of... You get a lot of these kind of, like, freeway interacting lead patterns from the two guitarists and bass player all doing something different. But it all is rooted in being, like, super groovy and catchy.
1: Yeah, the groove. They're all about the groove, which is great for Tech Death. Um, (laughs) Sounds kind of funny and like it shouldn't work, but I, I personally think it does.
0: Yeah, it like it's at some points I guess maybe it's it loses a bit of brutality by being yeah. so catchy, but I feel that's quite a reasonable trade out for this genre to because the thing with Gorrod Morse and a lot of these bands can be is they're super memorable. Yeah. Like you you don't forget passages of their songs, however weird and complex because they're all super catchy.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, really interesting I guess uh, similarly to Bosque, in that it it is kinda of come from a genre that maybe has become a bit overdone or kind of a lot of bands just trying to achieve this same sound and it can sound quite generic but with gorod like i mean yeah a lot of tech death sounds you're like well this is really impressed i'm impressed by this but it's not catchy <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whereas yeah. with gorod i'm both impressed i mean i'm impressed with people who can even play musical instruments let alone play them <laughs> at this level uh not being a musician myself but um yeah when it's uh catchy and fun and also yeah Super brutal. Partic- I mean, the vocals really help with that. And um, yeah, but on a perfect absolu- absolution, it's the uh, kind of newer vocalist uh, Julian and in quotes nuts Dara's. Or dies. I'm not sure. I don't speak French, so I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Any of the names, I'm so sorry. I don't speak French.
0: Yeah, so they they had a bit of a lineup change. So this is their fourth album. They EP, one of the, their first EP came out before this, and Julian and the second guitarist Nicholas joined the band for this after the previous guitarists and vocalists had left. So they but like, you can see where well, the sound shifted a bit here, mm. and like the new vocalist Julian is one of these great. Um, He's perfect for tech death because he has that thing of being able to scream super quickly. Yeah, has really clear enunciation of Absolutely, words. yeah. And it's still like a low, brutal growl, but it's like kind of understandable growl. Mm. Like I it's really not a, like his voice. It's not
1: a total like cookie monster rumble. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. actually like really nice and yeah precise. Mm. Um, which is also what you need because this, this music is incredibly precise. So it like totally fits and it gives, yeah, everything some kind of, you know, like, oh, this is still death metal, despite the fact <laughs> that we've, we've been in a jazz funk for two minutes, but it's fine. It's still metal.
0: <laughs> yeah, because when we say de- tech dev, we say this is more in the kind of, you know, the modern, obscure, necrophagist, um, alkaloid kind of vein, rather than the suffocation or cryptopsy style, yeah. where it is like quite quite catchy like almost rock influenced songs but just with weird complexity added to them mm,
1: definitely and uh they do this thing of building there'll be a little a little melody or a little like riff that they start building on and other things come in and uh without being repetitive and then they'll kind of alter it slightly and then there'll be like a shift in um like uh What uh, time signature, Mm. and then they'll be like, oh, and you'll be like, oh, this is different things happening, and then they'll go back to the original little little riff, which has kind of been like going on throughout. So yeah, it just keeps it really, really interesting. It's a really like really fun album to listen to, like as a whole album, Mm. which often like you're like I I couldn't necessarily face an entire tech death album at once, (laughs) Uh, personally, even though I love it. But yeah, this is definitely one that you can listen to the whole thing. Yeah,
0: I think because it roots itself in catchiness, and you don't get that kind of sometimes like like obscureer band. I've always had this issue with. Right? I, I do enjoy like the odd obscure song, but I find their albums become a bit impenetrable after a while, yeah, and just definitely. like like it feels a bit technical, exercising. Yeah. And this, for me, it more has that thing I had with Alkaloid, where I'm just like, I'm just excited by this the whole time. You're like,
1: oh, I'm I'm like, I have no idea what's going to come next, and I'm really looking forward to hearing what it is. Yeah, and I feel like also with this, um, like the way they've structured the album on the um kind of heart, well, track six, so, you know, uh, six out of nine here, um, at the begin, the first minute and a half, no, sorry, track six, uh, the first minute and a half, um, is this like uh, kind of really plinky. Like piano, um, it starts with piano and then strings come in and it's just super chill and mellow. Mm. And you get like a minute and a half of that, and then it's back to the metal. But you've had a nice breather, so you can then continue on to the kind of brutal conclusion.
0: Yeah, because I thought that was a really interesting addition with this album. Of like, I don't think they have done this before. I could be wrong, but they've got like a really kind of epic sounding intro as well yeah, to the whole album, that wasn't and they're you. playing around with kind of synth orchestra stuff, mm. which can be overdone. Zon, but they use it kind of. Tastefully enough, there's only about two minutes of an album, but it's nice, yeah. nice little break and just a slight change of pace. And with uh, 5,000 at the funeral track 6, it does just really nicely build into, like... So you get the orchestral build-up then, just the sudden explosion of chaos out the back of yeah, it. Yeah,
1: absolutely, which is what you want. And is kind of um, Flesh Got Apocalypse, I guess, in that way. It's that kind of build <laughs> and the overture. I mean, it's, I mean, it's less silly than Flesh Got Apocalypse, obviously. <laughs> I <laughs> love Flesh Got Apocalypse, but no, they too, are very yeah. silly. <laughs> absolutely. It's got that kind of thing where you're like, oh, this is a combination of like really lovely music and then really brutal
0: music. Yeah. And also for for kind of tech death credibility, sort of talking about Obscure a lot, actually... There's a guest solo on the album from Christian Munzer, as well as Michael Keenan, I think, um, who's the the main guy behind The Faceless. And also, like, a really nice nod to show that kind of departures from the band weren't, uh, you know, there's no hard feelings. We have guest vocals from the guitarists and vocalists who left the band on the previous album.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's nice.
0: Yeah, yeah, so it's it's clear that they all get on quite well. And I think from this point, the lineup has been relatively stable Except for drummer uh, Samuel Stantiago, uh quit after this album. They've got a new buy in since, which is kind of why I think Gorod's like releases, despite having been going for god over twenty years now. Yeah, the, like they're a little sparse. A lot. <laughs>
1: yeah, although yes, um, they have a new album coming out um, this year on the yeah nineteenth of October. So mm. super soon. Very excited about that. I haven't listened to the new single yet because um, I thought I wouldn't just talk about that the whole time on the podcast <laughs> just go for a previous album. But super excited about that. Um, I also have to admit, I have not listened to the, they released a 2017 EP, um, because they went basically on like a thrash tour yeah. in the UK with like a bunch of thrash bands, which if it hadn't been full of thrash bands, I would have seen. <laughs> so I haven't listened to that, but I'm sure it's still great, because I imagine Gorod Bring there. Uh, weirdness to everything they do.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see how their influences affect the thrash Yeah, I remember reading in interviews ages ago of them. They said the thing that kind of gives them a little weird edge to their tech deaf sound is they have a really big blues influence on their mm. playing, which I think was what gives them this kind of melodicism. Yeah, but it's still sense. the jazz of like the kind of the jazz influence you get tech deaf of just being like we're going to throw millions of time signatures <laughs> at the wall and yeah have lots of like weird overlapping rhythms. The other thing which I've noticed is a real like uh Gorod staple which I do all the time is the slight pause. Yes. It, 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 this is like this this thing I, like and it's it's kind of a slightly wanky technical thing to do but sounds amazing where bands will just like stop for like half a beat of everything cut out dead mm. and then keep going like nothing happened. And it's
1: Would you never realise how hard is to achieve until you're playing an instrument, <laughs> especially with other people, and then you're like, "Oh no!"
0: You no, know, I know from being in bands <laughs> that this like actually pulling off the stock design and then starting again is nigh on impossible. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, although it's showy, it's kind of showy in that brilliantly. Oh no, that was just a really nice subtle touch.
1: Yeah, and I just feel like. God, I mean, I don't know, but they don't seem to take themselves too seriously. They seem like a really fun <laughs> bunch of dudes, but um, it's not like the music is silly. It's all really, really good. Uh, yeah. It's just like decent, <laughs> but not wanky, I guess, is the...
0: <laughs> I think it just sits on that camera, like, death metal is just one of those genres where, like, across the full spectrum, most of the bands don't take themselves deadly seriously. Yeah, Like, they might do some silly videos, like, the lyrical content is always a bit tongue-in-cheek and, mm. like, a bit over-the-top. But, like, the music's very serious, but they're just not assholes yeah. about <laughs> it. It seems to be the main thing.
1: Which is nice It's well, like death metal. Yeah, just yeah. Just nice guys, you know.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, I'd definitely say, if you've never come across these guys, they've definitely got something to them mm. that is outside the norm for most bands in this genre. And I don't know whether it's that thing of just because they're in France and in a completely different scene, because they only have a French tech death band I you know the excellent Psygnosis, who, again, especially since recruiting the cello player, are in a completely yeah. different, like, <laughs> they sound like nothing I've ever heard before. And and Gor do definitely have that kind of element of total originality.
1: Absolutely. Which, yeah, maybe it's because there isn't a scene. But, yeah. Psygnosis yeah. who Phil introduced me to and I was like, this is... <laughs> this is the best, most insane thing I've ever heard. I love it. Yeah,
0: because like, you're quite into like Apocalyptica and that kind yeah. of like cello sound. <laughs> like, absolutely. Here's it done really weirdly. Yeah, <laughs>
1: but then also with some like kind of electronica vibes, which I'm also really into. <laughs> That's good. Um, I was like, this could have been a horrible mess. But <laughs> they really, <laughs> really well. Which, like, speaking of, could be a horrible mess, but isn't. I feel we have to talk about um, Varangian Paradise, which like begins with a kind of funk thing
0: yeah and then
1: goes meh- and then in the middle there's this like like latin beat through the whole middle, and there's some kind of, like, clean vocal spoken sections. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, what is happening? Like, (laughs) what am I listening to? It's amazing. It's great. It's, yeah, a a true pleasure to a surprise.
0: Yeah, that song was, because it's right at the end of the album as well, Mm. so, like, it's the first time you hear that vocal texture of, like, it's not quite singing, but it's just like, oh, just a a nice change of pace, and, like, it's singing a bit different. But, yeah, I really enjoyed that track, and, yeah, (laughs) as you say... That could, that was definitely the one we're like, we're gonna try <laughs> something new on this Risky, one. For sure. we'll put it near the end just in yeah. case. Yeah, <laughs> although it's great,
1: it's kind of, you know, by nearing the end of the album, maybe you've drifted off, you're not quite listening <laughs> to it, and then suddenly <laughs> the funk like bass comes in <laughs> and you're like, Okay, yeah, I'm listening.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's excellent. But yeah, like so recovering perfect absolution from two thousand twelve. I don't think this is necessarily like by far and away, their best sound. Pretty much everything I've heard of theirs has been really decent. Like, yeah. I'd say Leading Visions is the one I got really into, but more recently, A Maze of Recycled Creeds is really good as well. Absolutely. So, with Gord, I, I it's think all you, good. You dive in wherever you like. It's yeah. Here. And they've they they're consistently that kind of sound. There's changes between each album. that like change in vocalist is quite noticeable. But it's still all Gorod. Yeah, so just... if you
1: like Gorod, you're going to like any of the albums, really. I have a, definitely a soft spot for Neurotrip 6, which is the first uh, first album from 2005. And yeah, I think that's probably the first one I listened to. Mm. When I was like, in my, everything must be really brutal. <laughs> is anything ever going to be as brutal as Necrophagist? Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, accepted that I also like um, silly, progressive, jazz funk <laughs> into <Luke's> music. <laughs>
0: But, yeah, so from this album, we're gonna go for the first proper track. This is Birds of Sulphur. We got you. Always come from the- And we're covering a total change of pace and style uh completely from the last this is the C- seattle hardcore band fucked and bound and their debut album suffrage released actually earlier this year on atomic action records um this is like extremely in your face hardcore but with almost like that kind of grind sensibility like the album's 20 minutes long it's 13 tracks like a lot of the tracks are coming in at like thirty seconds, where essentially you've got two riffs and something insane like screaming, and then then you're out the other side, and, yeah. it, and it's just a complete like pounding. <laughs>
1: Really is, yeah. And uh, this was complete departure, like for me, genre wise. I'm really usually not. Uh, I'm not really f- that familiar with the kind of hardcore, grindcore, mm. or even like punk kind of vibes. Usually, I wouldn't be something I'd even like think of listening to. But I think I saw. I think Metal Hammer maybe did a review. <laughs> it was like the new band this week, and they were like this band called Fucked and Bound. And I think the tagline of the article, which is what got me to read it, was like. Uh, folkton bound uh tired of misogynistic assholes ruining everything uh make <laughs> album and i'm like oh okay so i so I started listening and of course it's called suffrage and it's kind of i guess vaguely like feministy people will describe it as feminist just because there's a female uh, lead vocalist yeah and it's, it's,
0: it, i think the lyrical themes like do like kind yeah. of tend it towards slightly feminist because there's a lot of stuff of just like uh vocalist Lisa just like just screaming, Could fuck you off! Not. But, yeah. Like you know, <laughs> to like the kind of the general subjects of just like overly touchy guys at parties, like yeah, people you know, being
1: assholes at bars and stuff. People being, cre- and
0: on creeps on the street. Like, yes, that is pretty my pretty favorite. Obvious what that's about? And <laughs>
1: yeah, I immediately looked down the track listings and saw one called Creeps on the Street and was like, I'm going to enjoy this, like <laughs> yeah. whatever it is. And then I was listening and I was like, Oh, this is like, yeah, not as. Um, I mean, it's pretty pretty relentlessly hardcore, but, like, uh, I think less um, kind of wall of noisy than some other, like, stuff that you've made me listen to. Uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like,
0: this, so this is all, like, this isn't, although kind of lyrically similar, and actually, like, aesthetically, there's a lot of similarities. Like, this isn't, like, Couch slap where it goes into that kind of, like, we're going to fuzz every guitar out to the point where you can't yeah. understand what's happening. Like, there's really clear and defined riffs and, like, the guitars and bass are really well mixed in this. like, And you just get a good attack from everything. And it's super catchy. Absolutely, more yeah.
1: It's a really nice mix of your, like, like, oh, this is hardcore, oh, brutal, yeah. Like, angry, ooh. And then, kind of, oh, there's some like fun melodies. and Yeah, it's a really nice balance, I think. Even though it's only, yeah, uh, 23 minutes. It certainly <laughs> <laughs> <It's laughs> makes an impact for 23 minutes.
0: It's one of those things, I think, with this kind of music as well, you want that really short, like, the fact like a lot of the songs are under two minutes is yeah. perfect, because you're like, oh yeah, I, I just completely, I got what was happening there, it was great. Like, yeah,
1: and then, yeah, we've moved on, and um, yeah, I think at, like a whole five minutes of, um, the, the, say the song, hashtag GTFO, which is great. <laughs> I like, love, love a song with a hashtag, I'm like, only this kind of band could possibly get away with it. Um, you, would, you don't want five minutes of that. No, That's, no. <laughs> That
0: would be too so, much. The one, the one thing I would say, like this band do have, like a slight tendency. That song in particular, to like verge on the ridiculous. Mm. Um, that song is just like. Um, just the singer giving a count, like a kind of countdown in minutes for her kind of like partner or whoever to get the fuck out of yeah. the house. <laughs> and it's just it's one these things like yeah, that's a bit silly, but it's so beautifully to the point. Like I, I just love this. They're like
1: oh, relatable, relatable <laughs> hardcore. It's not just you know guys raining generically against the system. This is down to earth <laughs> relatable.
0: This is one woman railing directly at one guy it in is, particular for a like, song like a yep. <laughs> But like so this is all like super fast, like kind of blasting hardcore for the first half tracks. But there's a really lovely thing of like the thirteenth track abuse of registry. It's four minutes long and it's just like everything slows down and mm. it gets a bit more like doomy and sludgy. And shows like, oh yeah, this bank can really like change the pace up and do some like, yeah, something more kind of. I just just changing musical direction, which is really yeah. interesting. It's I definitely
1: find. like a real groove, which I wasn't expecting by the time you get there, and some really like lovely like dirty bass. Mm. I don't know how to describe that sound, but dirty is <laughs> yeah. how I would because um, I think uh, Lisa Mungo on vocals and the guitarist whose name I did not write down, uh,
0: Brian McClelland.
1: McClelland, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think yeah they were previously in a band whose name I didn't write down either. Um, but they, I was re- the after the Metal Hammer article mentioned that. Um, Were previously in kind of like a sludgy doom type band, and Uh, then this was like a real departure. (laughs) Which sounds fun if you play been playing slow music forever, and so you're like, right, we've had enough.
0: (laughs) Yes, I I didn't do too much reading these days. That's quite interesting. Mm. If they've sort of come at this from an angle of like, actually, yeah, we just wanted to make a really in your face album. Yeah, that's that's amazing because I'd say that's the case. A huge part of this album as well is Curtis Parker, the bass player. The bass has such a cool position in the mix Yeah, it's it. good, like, yeah. It's really, it, like,
1: <laughs> prominent, which is nice.
0: It's, like, really down-tuned and heavy with this lovely, like, wall of fuzz on it. Mm. But for whatever reason, the mix is perfect where it's not drowned in the guitars. Yeah. And it just makes everything sound so big. It does.
1: Which I suppose it makes it sound, yeah, more metal than it otherwise would. Yeah. It, well, yeah.
0: I think I think the tuning and the way, like yeah, the way the guitars are mixed. Although I I, I think I would call this a hardcore album, mm. it sounds like metal because of how the guitars sound. Yeah, <laughs> even if the riffs are essentially <laughs> punk, like yeah.
1: it's one of those weird uh, um, interspate kind of intergenre spaces where you not <laughs> you're like, is it this metal? Is this still metal? Which is my favourite kind of metal. And you actually like, I think we've just stopped being metal, but it's still great.
0: Yeah, and I think as well, there's like, we don't have the thing we had in the 80s where punks and metalheads can't be friends. No. Our genres have got so closely intertwined, and now we all disagree on the fact we hate pop punk. Absolutely. We're just all friends now. It's nice. As long as you're not in Green Day. Like... (laughs) Yeah, like, as the album's pretty short, so there's not too much detail to go into it, but it's just one of those absolutely brilliant ones to pick up if you want some, like, catchy, yet aggressive, yet still well-produced music. It just hits that niche perfectly. Just... And angry, like... <laughs> like definitely angry fuck men music, like. absolutely.
1: Which sometimes you just want, and also the joy of say researching this band um, at your lunch break at work, and then realizing you definitely can't type <laughs> fucked and bound into the council computer system. Uh. <laughs> yeah, like my main
0: note on on uh, <laughs> on my notes here is just do not Google image search this band. <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: best you'll not. Get a lot of very extreme pornography. <laughs> It's kind of the joy of naming your band, fucked and bound.
0: Yeah, so um like we pretty much could have gone a three track of this like it keeps up the pace perfectly, but um a track that just really stood out being like massively catchy is uh track 9 Creeps on the Street.
2: Woo! <laughs>
0: Okay, so the final one we're covering today is is one like I'd never thought to have covered, but actually was really excited when Hannah suggested it. This is from 2004, uh, Probot by Probot, which is like basically um, Dave Grohl just spending time, totally being self indulgent. But it, I think it'd be a really fun one to go back into and go. This was really big at the time and got a lot of press. Does it still hold up? Is this still like? was this idea worthy of an album and does the album still hold up as, like, just great to listen to? Like, if you not come across it because, like... I kind of missed it at the time as well, actually, yeah. if I'm honest. I think as well, you came across yeah, it quite recently. absolutely.
1: Well, yeah, like, I mean, rather embarrassingly, uh, my boyfriend introduced me to this particular album, and he's not even into metal. <laughs> he just loves Dave Grohl and thinks he's oh, great. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. He was like, oh, no, but I've listened to some metal, and then li- uh, gave me ProBot, which is also, I feel like we should we should be promoting this album as great, like, I mean, not to, not in a disparaging way at all, like, easy listening metal. Mm. Like, you can have this on, and non-metal people will like it, and there is proof, like... Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah.
0: yeah. It's got enough Dave Grohl in it, you can Absolutely. definitely sell it to people who haven't ever quite got out of rock. That's, yeah. a, that's a really interesting point. Mm. So, conceptually, um, I, I found a great quote on Wikipedia from Dave Grohl on this, of, This is a a death metal version of Santana's Supernatural, (laughs) which if you're not aware of Santana's Supernatural, was an album where Santana got a load of vocalists he was really fond of to record a load of different, like, to record vocals all over an album. So you got tracks by each different vocalist. What Dave Grohl's done here is basically write 11 tracks. Each one, I think, like, by the way they're written, specifically geared to a vocalist, yeah. So he recorded a demo, sent it to his vocalist. The vocalist would come back with like lyrics and vocals for it, and then he record it up into a proper song. And we've got an amazing mix of vocalists he's gone for, like Cronus from Venom, from Venom, Max, um, ex Soulfly, Lemmy from Motorhead. You've got Tommy G, uh, King Diamond, Wino. Uh, like it's a huge range of vocalists. Yeah,
1: because um, yeah, Dave Gore said that he basically. You know, he'd been like, oh, I've done, I've done, you know, rock and like Miss Mello stuff, but I really love metal. Like back in the day, those were his like big influences. And he thought, what if I could come hang out with and, you know, play music with these people who I've loved since I was a kid. And then he just like asked them. And of course they were all yeah, like, yes, because who wouldn't? Because yeah. Dave Grohl.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's adorable. <laughs> yeah, I think he was genuinely, so he's like a load of singers, he said, from between 82 and 89, like the bands he was mm-hmm. into in that period. Um, he's just got together for this. And I think it came off the back of he was doing whatever that double album Foo Fighters did where it was like the kind of normal disc and then the really mellow disc. They did a tour where they mainly played all of the mellow disc, mm. And I think this was his total antidote <laughs> like, to like,
1: oh, dear. <laughs> I've been
0: playing basically pop rock for yeah. uh, for two years. I need to do something actually, totally different. <laughs> Dave
1: Grohl actually kind of metal. like. <laughs> mm.
0: Like and, and like so the performances was incredible because mm. basically everything on the album is um, it's him yeah Dave Grohl yeah. like and his drumming is fucking fantastic on it this. is great
1: like I really I've got to say I didn't. I mean, it was always like, oh, yeah, like, I, I think the Foo Fighters are fun. I like, listen mm. to them. And you listen to them at clubs and stuff. But I never really, like, appreciated, like, how good a drummer he was. Which is like, <laughs> yeah. well, obviously, it's Dave Grohl. Everyone's like, he's a great drummer. But, like, this album really, like, nicely showcased that. Without at all being, like, oh, this is, a it, like, it, making it too much or too big. Yeah. Or too, about the, it's not about the drums at all. It's really about, like, the singers, which is what he wanted, I guess.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, and the thing he's done, which I, I love, is he has... He's written an album that, quite cleverly, each song kind of sounds a bit like the singer's band, mm. but it's got enough of a consistent vibe because it's him playing guitar and drums throughout.
1: Yeah, it definitely feels like an album, not a comp- compilation.
0: Yeah, because he said he wanted to make it like a mixtape. I was like, but this doesn't feel like a no, mixtape. No, it feels like something
1: quite different. I'm yeah.
0: Saying. like So for you, what were, the, what were your like, highlight tracks from it, and did they fit with the bands you already liked?
1: Yeah, um, two out of three um, definitely kind of fit with bands who I'm like, oh, I really like this. Uh, most of my problem is that uh, I get quite, have quite specific taste in vocals, like vocalists particularly, and a lot of the like really old school classic stuff. I'm not so into and also yeah. just like don't know about like my, my metal knowledge like the old school stuff is just it's shocking it's terrible like you know I'm enjoying music from modern times which, yeah. is, yeah. I, um... <laughs> which is perfectly reasonable yeah, you so want it... to
0: get into bands that are at their peak rather than like definitely some of the ones here like have definitely crossed off from their, their best period yeah uh... well
1: it's that thing of well you know of course these bands are so influential and so important in the history of um, you know history of metal and music in general and have, have such an influence on bands I love today but it's not it's different listening to it when you've already listened to the things they've influenced like you can't yeah. you can't unhear the new stuff you know um so i i really like red war because i like a bit of Sepultura. like <laughs> yeah. that's great like just classic max cavalera vocals mm. and very um yeah very like chaos ad kind of vibes i thought and like the yeah. music was quite like that Or that kind of, like, like really kind of pounding rhythm.
0: I'd say, it, like, Red Wolf, it's somewhere neatly between kind of what happened to Sevultura on Roots and the Chaos yeah, AD definitely. sound. Yeah. It's not quite as, like, guitar-y as Chaos AD mm. was in places, but it's not... It's got that more
1: kind of, like, groovy thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it hasn't gone has. full-blown into the bongos, mm. as, um, <laughs> as <laughs> love Roots the... did. <laughs> I <love> the bongos. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, Shake Your Blood, which is track three, which um, featuring Lemmy was great. Because it just, <laughs> it sounds like a classic Motorhead song.
0: So the reason I think, mean, like, as much as, like, obviously Lemmy is, like, one of the most distinctive voices in metal, like, you, one word, you're like, oh, yeah, it's Lemmy. But also what really helps this track is Lemmy plays bass on it as well. Yeah, so and it. Lemmy's <laughs> bass tone is super distinctive. Mm. And it's just like, oh, this just sounds like Motorhead. Yes. Like, even lyrically, it's really similar to Rock Out off of, the album that came out like two years later. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he did. it's like, he's so like really... oh, come
1: on, Lemmy, you just like recycled this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you did say you wrote the lyrics to the song in like ten minutes. Like,
1: of course, That's he did. rock and roll. <laughs> Absolutely, oh, so good. Yeah, I think Motorhead is probably my exception to the not really familiar with the classics rule really. mm. like i have a total soft spot for Motorhead. they're one of the first metal bands i ever saw at plymouth pavilions many moons ago <laughs> little 12 year old me like watching motorhead so i have very fond uh, feelings about motorhead and yeah i basically had the riff for a gasmatron in my head like all week <laughs> listening to shake your blood so that's that's a really great track and then the third kind of standout track for me was um i mean my tortured soul which is track 10 which is a bit of a silly name, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. So featuring Eric Wagner or Wagner, I don't know, of the band Trouble, who I would also not heard of. I shame
0: think the Trouble are the one on here that I like complete, like I know of, but I've never made, I've never mm. made time to get into Trouble because I know they're one of the classic early doom bands, and like I really like some Vitus, but I've never gone gone into Trouble stuff. And this song is really good, so it is I good. do need. Yeah, I, I, I like it. his voice, which mm. is. For that classic doom, if you like the voice, it's like, okay, I can get into the band now, like
1: Yeah, and it was like a it kind of definitely had that kind of slow, slightly doomy vibe to the song as well.
0: It's it's pretty Sabbath-y, but without the kind of jazzy drumming you get in Sabbath, it's yeah, a bit very more sabbally. simple. Absolutely. Yeah, so like other really interesting ones, um, I think the initial single for the album was The Emerald Law, which is why Know of St. Vitus doing the vocals. And that one I thought was massively catchy.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you could tell that it was kind of supposed to be the <laughs> single.
0: Yeah, yeah. That that and Shake Your Blood were the obvious two to like yeah. kind of to the general public. Uh, like, um, yeah, the the really interesting concept, like like completely accidental concept that he's got with this album is he seems to have chosen like the most controversial vocalists in metal. I mean, in terms of <laughs> vocalists who are, like, total marmite, you've got Lee Doran of, uh, Cathedral, mm. and many people despise Cathedral because of his vocals. King Diamond, who is without a doubt the most, kind of, divisive vocalist in metal. Yeah. Um...
1: Strangely, after me saying, oh, it's great and easy listening, um... <laughs> yeah I would say not all the tracks are complete. I yeah I mean per- personally King Diamond is like not totally my jam so. no
0: <laughs> no it is fine it's fine to not be into King Diamond yeah. personally <laughs> like both me and Rob are huge fans but I can fully accept you'll be like no it's too silly I yeah. can't deal with the high notes
1: <laughs> <laughs> and in general I do struggle with with uh, like the high pitched any kind of anything vaguely it sounds too much like power metal vocals Mm. Um, even though I'm like this is very impressive (laughs) my voice certainly can't go that high but um yeah so it's a really nice mix as well like if you if you're not like not keen on one vocalist don't worry there'll be another totally different one on the next track and it'll be great music (laughs) even if you're not into the vocals yeah
0: because you've got like say you've got like Mike Dean from Corrosion of Conformity who you know basically that's like the antithesis of a King Diamond voice yeah it's really (laughs) gruff low like Mm. growl throughout the for me the actually the only really big disappointment on this album is big sky uh featuring tom warrior from Celtic frost which i just don't think is a good song like mm. And I think it's Tom Warrior's fault because the Ooh. vocal melody is really weird.
1: Right, I mean like, that one didn't stand out to me, which is probably a yeah. sign of it being not very memorable.
0: Because uh, I think, like for me, because I'm a really big Celtic Frost and now Triptychon fan, that was when I looked up the track listing for this. Like, oh, I'm really excited for that song, uh, and that was the one where I was like, oh no, this is just. It doesn't sound anything like Celtic Frost, and like it seems like Tom just didn't know what to do with it. Like,
1: oh, yeah, which that's is a sure. bit of a
0: shame. Like. But, like, most of the other stuff's absolutely amazing. Like, I really like uh, the Chronos track, and I'm not mm. the biggest Venom fan, although... Oh, it's a
1: good starter, definitely.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, like, it kicks, the, it kicks the album off in pure old Venom style, mm. like, but, you know, more technically proficient than old Venom. <laughs> 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 to, yeah. to the point where there's a breakdown in the middle that literally sounds like the breakdown in Black Metal. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, it's really
1: similar. Yeah, they're definitely, yeah. Dave Grohl's definitely um, <laughs> not pandering to the audience, pandering to the vocalist, maybe. But yeah, it makes it really interesting to see how he's kind of shaped each song. Oh, to, yeah, to definitely. The,
0: the one that's quite interesting on that front as well, because he just proves how brilliant uh, guitarist Piggy was, Dictator saw the song where he got Snake from Voivod involved it's clearly Dave have attempting to write Voivod and just proving no one can write anything that sounds like Voivod because yeah. it doesn't even sound close. Like right, okay, it's, yeah. it's like definitely got a thrash influence but yeah. not a Voivod influence.
1: Okay, yeah, because I couldn't tell you what Voivod sounded like apart from thrashy, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, Voivod don't even sound that thrashy. Voivod are a very unique one if you've mm. never come across them. No. Like, both me and Rob are really into them. They've got like They've influenced loads of bands, but most people haven't heard of them. Yeah. They kind well, of.
1: Jason Eusted was in Voivod.
0: He kind of after they got big and was sort of on. They had a middle period where it all went a bit wrong, okay. and that's when Jason Eusted was oh, in the band. No. I feel like that's
1: sadly, yeah, the only time, the, the only way. That, <laughs> Voivod. No, no,
0: they, they got significantly bigger when he was there. It's just not their stronger albums. Um, yeah, and personally, I, I fucking love "Sweet Dreams," the King Diamond song. Oh. It's entitled "Sweet Dreams." It's as dumb as it sounds, and leads into the ridiculous "I Am the Warlock" bonus track.
1: Yes, featuring the one, the only Jack Black, and he, yeah, <laughs> properly finishes it off. And that's that's how silly, silly vocals and silly songs should be done. in my opinion yeah. kind of. that's great. I'm very, I'm a big fan of uh, of Jack Black and "I Am the Warlock," and it just, it just sounds like, yeah. Jack Black song <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it kind of stops being like stops the pretense of being metal at that point <laughs> No, it, it,
0: it's just like Tenacious D gone a bit heavier yeah it's great because <laughs> I think as well with his arm what's really nice about it is yeah there's going to be vocalists on this you don't like I think I pretty much like all of them but then I'm less fussy on this and I'm into a lot of the classic bands yeah. but um, like all you need to you can just if you skip the odd track this is a great kind of Yeah, it does have that great compilation album feel, but it also, it's very smooth. It it Mm, transitions nicely. It doesn't, yeah. Say, like, a good comparison piece would be um, the Necronaut album that uh, ex-Dismember drummer Fred Espy did years ago, which is essentially this with a load of classic Swedish death metal and black metal people. And it was quite an interesting idea, Mm. but because it's, like, not just Swedish death metal people, like, it's like, Eric from Retain's on it, Um, uh, Thomas Lindbergh from At The Gates is on it and JB from Grand Magus so it shifts from Grand Magus (laughs) vocals into like into proper guttural death metal (laughs) that album I found totally confusing and it really was like oh this is just a really mad combination like yeah yeah, compilation like whereas this it flows, it's got Yeah, nice. they
1: definitely thought about the order, I mm. think, like, uh, yeah at no point are you like, oh, like, this is jarring except, of course, King Diamond, but that's a personal taste and that's <laughs> fine, but then it leads into Back uh, um, being extremely silly so that completely flows really nicely
0: <laughs> The other one, uh, how did you get on with Ice Cold Man? Because I say leader runs the other, like Hateable vocalist on this.
1: Yeah, not a huge fan.
0: <laughs> yeah. <'Cause> that's okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really love that track as well because yeah. it sounds so much like Cathedral. It's proper ethereal mirror era Cathedral. Like, mm. it's, it's really impressive how much Dave Grohl like, has nailed the sounds of a lot of these bands. Considering he's taking like, 11 quite different bands on, Like, as I say, there's one or two, it doesn't quite sound like them. King Diamond is hard to sound like. Um, Merciful Fate music, because, like, obviously Dave Grohl doesn't have the lead guitar chops of someone like Mike Weed, mm. like, or any of the classic guitarists he's worked with.
1: Yeah, I mean, considering, you know, Dave Grohl's a rhythm guitarist and a drummer, and he's yeah. basically doing the whole, <laughs> doing all the work, like, it's really great.
0: And, and then, say for Ice Cold Man, he got in um, Kim from Soundgarden to add additional guitars, because you need more lead guitarist stuff on a Cathedral of course, song, so... Yeah. And the, yeah, there's like that extra texture. Like, oh yeah, that's that's really awesome. Mm. The, the other amazing thing: um, not only do they have a Voivod themed song with Snake, they also the cover art is done by away the um, the drummer and cover artist designer for all of Voivod albums. Oh, really? Yeah, that's
1: nice. yeah. That's <laughs> also, nice. <laughs> also,
0: apparently, I don't know what this means, but apparently, the design is done by Stephen O'Malley. So, oh, design of I don't mm, know sound
1: design. I don't know.
0: I have no... He's, like, on the Wikipedia article, I just find he was credited with design. Okay. Stephen being, like, one of the guys behind Sun and a huge amount of bands, like, layout and artwork, etc.
1: Also, yeah, I do love the album cover. I've got to say, I was convinced I would like this this album from the album cover. It's just, like, a really cool robot.
0: <laughs> yeah. Voivod album covers are a thing of beauty. They have mm. this very distinctive weird hand-drawn sci-fi. Uh, yeah, I absolutely love oh, the way artwork. Yeah, they're worth having a look at. Whether you can get they're, uh, they're an odd band. i will be yes. interested to see whether you can get into them.
1: I'm intrigued now. Yeah.
0: There's there's also, I want to say this because like, there's a slightly sad story about this album as well when they're take, looking into getting vocalists on board.
1: Oh. One of the
0: ones they approached was Chuck from Death. Yeah. And for obvious reasons, the album being recorded about two thousand two, Chuck didn't quite make it to that point. But It's just really sad because, you're like, oh wow, how would a death yeah. song have fit into this mix? But and also, Dave Grohl has now said there won't be a Probot Part Two because he's basically ticked off all his favourites. Yeah,
1: which I mean, it's nice in a way because it this really was like a passion project. And he's not just going to milk it just to hang out with, I don't know, famous people. Yeah. You can, yeah. you can imagine this sort of thing potentially being, but then it turned out to be this, which is just so beautiful and pure, like Dave girl.
0: It's because it's, <laughs> it's a wonderful collaboration as well, because it seems like it's all done at long distance. So Dave yeah, didn't absolutely. get people into the studio or anything. It's like, no, you just go away and you do your bit. And I think it's what keeps it so creative and mm. fun is there's a lot of people throwing ideas in, and Dave Grohl seemed to be super receptive to that, yeah. as far as I can tell. I've not. I've not seen any of the vocalists bitching about how it turned out <laughs> since, so... Although
1: maybe that that was kind of the, you know, backfired on Big Sky, maybe. Um, yeah. The, it made me need more guidance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Like, yeah. what am I doing here, Dave? Dave was like, oh, whatever you want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the other thing we should say, because it's kind of amazingly over the top, is they did a music video for "Shake Your Blood" featuring sixty-six women from Suicide Girls <laughs> Lemmy. in the most Lemmy moment ever, which Lemmy described as being great because it reminded him of the '60s when touring was more fun.
1: Good grief! Imagine
0: <laughs> he's an older man, like, yeah, well, or was sadly.
1: Yeah. I just everything, everything about Lemmy now is just like fond. You just yeah. like, oh bless him. And you're like. Mm. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, not acceptable now, is it? But let me, it's fine.
0: <laughs> Your music was amazing, so, yeah, exactly. you know. <laughs> Seems to forgive a lot. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so from this, like, we had a lot of choices. Like, we could have gone for uh, The Emerald Law or Shake Your Blood because they're obviously amazingly catchy, but they're kind of the two obvious singles. Yeah. So, um, like, this was Hannah's suggestion. We're going to play My Tortured Soul, um, the Eric Wagner of Trouble track. So, yeah, uh, thanks again for listening. Um, if you want to get in touch, like, let us know your thoughts about this one as well. I'd like to see mm. if any, any of you were... Are any of you still listening to this album? Because like, <laughs> I imagine a lot of listeners, like, you would have got this back in 2004. I was a bit too young, so I knew who Motorhead were. Heard the single, and was like, it's just sounded like Motorhead. Yeah. I, mean, I, I I didn't, because I had no idea who, like... Tommy G or Snake or Eric Wagner <laughs> was, whereas now I couldn't go, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so get, get in touch with us. You can contact us on Facebook at Phil's Breakfast Metal, Twitter at Breakfast Metal, or if you want to just get in touch by email, uh, you can contact us at, at Phil Bre- Phil's Breakfast metal at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot for doing this, Hannah. Right, um, thanks
1: for having me on. This is really fun. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, we'll, we'll have you back at some point, definitely. Right. So yeah, so this is My Tortured Soul.